What a formative year in my life. Clap. What a formative. Clap. It was also supposed to be the last year of all our lives. <laughs> I just have to say. That's so true. We were all yeah. ready to die. This was supposed to be the last year of our lives on Glee. Sam and Brittany got married. Yes. <laughs> Little did they know that that would be the year that my life began. I think we should clap again. Ready to begin? Yeah. Ready. That's fine. Just like, saying, Namaskar, Where is the script document? I found it. Hi, and welcome back to Dear Mindy Kaling, a podcast that's really more of an open love letter and a plea to Mindy Kaling, my idol, and in a perfect world for both of us, my friend slash professional, um, Associate. Mm, associate mother is that a bit much mentor <laughs> something professional, professional mother. mother you know how I hate like, boundaries you want her to be her stage you want her to be your stage no mom. you know what I meant and you're twisting my words <laughs> okay um anyway and oh my god what's that line that she says in the mini project she's like I have a new baby. I have a new banging fertility practice. Will and Grace is back and bitchier than ever. <laughs> I feel like we're like that. Rejuvenated after a week off. Agreed? Agreed. Agreed. So in case your memory needs a bit of a jog, I am your egg-averse host, Sanya, and I'm joined once more by the egg-averse, Kian. Hi! <laughs> I hate egg. And egg-neutral partive. I'm okay with egg on fried rice. No. That doesn't count, though. It does. I, you have to take it out. Okay. Um, why are we mentioning eggs, you might ask? Because if you were listening last week, which you should have been, um, oh, I literally don't remember what I was going to end I am on my period, which means my egg is out of my body. Oh, true. Um, I'm still not on my period, which is ridiculous because I always get my period the day before. Kian, you must be wondering, like, it's been two <laughs> weeks. What the hell? Yeah. Kian is still on her period and you are still not... Guys, it's time to rain again. Call back to last week's episode. <laughs> Amazing. Maybe a little Sanya's in your oven. Um, I, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, yeah. No, I don't remember what I was saying now. Um, if you were listening last week, which you should have been, last week I said, I'm your adjective host. And no one was helping me think <laughs> of an adjective. And that was true again today. Except they were at my house around breakfast time. And I refused to eat any breakfast because I didn't want any eggs. And that's how we got here, really. That's smart. Thank you. I don't know if it's smart as much as it's like what happened, but here we I are. I can call it smart. You can call it whatever you want. We are going to start now with our, with your favorite segment, <laughs> Mindy, that we do at the beginning where um, before we get to how much we love you, we talk about other people we love and we're going to play a game called Love Notes. Kian, would you like to begin? Can Partha please go first? Okay, Partha, would you like to begin? <laughs> I think I'm ready. Who's calling? I'm getting email after email. It's not stop. Look, it's literally my email. Yeah, it's not stop. Oh my god. Shut that was really scary. <laughs> wow. Okay, sorry. Is this happy celebrity? If we were in a hostage no. situa- situation, that would have killed us. True. <laughs> what? Guys, <laughs> turn your email notifications off because you will die. It took me so long to understand what you said. <laughs> Did I say that badly? No, 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 no. I just think it's it the weather. It means that if we were in a hostage situation and we were hiding from 
a host? Wait, what's the word of someone who takes someone hostage? hostage? Keeper? No. A hostage keeper. No. Yes, it is. It's not a host or a hostage keeper. Okay, whatever. What is it? The villain. No, what is it? Because this is the fourth time you have gaslit me today if I'm right. We're not counting. We know I'm <laughs> counting. Because enough. You told me that a treasure trail was not a thing. <laughs> then you Googled it in front of me. The results were there. And you said, see, nothing has come there up. There was something else also. There were many things. There was some big one where I was like, of course. Yeah, like I was talking about a thing that literally <laughs> happened. So tell my love note and stop attacking me. Okay. Fine. What? Okay. okay, Parthiv, would you like to tell us who your love note is to this time? When I think of the word soul sister, there's only one person that comes in my mind. And that is Chris Messina. And he's what? my love note for today. I just feel so connected to him. He's your soul sister. Yeah. No hate to him, I think. I don't know that much about his personal life, but he's your soul sister? He's my soul sister. Please elaborate. Why? I feel really connected to him. I feel like there's a lot of negativity about him. Who online. is this? Bro, he's Danny in the Mindy Project. <laughs> 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 there's a lot of negativity about him online, and I can relate to that. Wait, like what? He got a lot of criticism for his role in um, Birds of Prey. Why? I don't know, something, something misogyny. But I don't agree. Something, something misogyny. But he yeah, didn't... I think it was really interesting that he was in that movie and also I Care A Lot. And I think that his hair... Oh, yeah. He was in I Care A Lot. And those are two movies you regard very highly. I do regard both those movies. I thought you highly. did not like I Care A Lot. But I've watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> and I've also watched Birds of Prey many times again. And I think that he is making choices that aren't indie anymore. He wants to be mainstream. And I like feel for him. What are other things he's been Guys! Like? What? Oh my god, guys, how have I never mentioned this before? Guys, he was literally in You've Got Mail, remember? What? Guys, yeah. do you don't remember? This? Okay, she's in Fox Books, okay? She's going there after the shop around the corner has shut down. She goes into shop, uh, Fox Books and someone is trying to find a book for their child and he's an employee at the bookstore and she helps him out because he doesn't know what to recommend and she's like, <laughs> this was cute for children. Like, He's he's literally in You've Got Mail. Maybe you that's guys. why maybe hired him. That's what I'm thinking. She does a lot <laughs> of that because um, Catch from Ten Things I Hate About You makes an appearance among many others. So, so does Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, guys, guys, oh my God. Good love note in the end. Yeah. <laughs> Kian, do you want to go? I'm actually stuck in between two choices. I can, I can go. So you should go. Okay. My love note this week goes out to... Someone I really love so much. My God. By God, even. I love this person. Oh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. <laughs> Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I love her so, so much. Over winter break, when I came back home, I was not doing great. And I had to adjust a lot of medications. And I would every single day. And I was not, like, bedridden or anything. I was just, like, not doing that well in my own brain. And um, I would still have things I did in the day and stuff. And no matter how much my day was occupied or unoccupied. I had to watch at least five hours of Veep every day. And I really think it turned my life around. It's just so, so rewatchable and it's so good. And then I was having a hard day. I had like a long day or something at school, like this past semester. And I remember coming home and I was like, I'm going to watch her Mark Twain prize. I'm going to watch the full <laughs> ceremony. And I did. And I watched it many times. And you know what? That and Bill Hader's 92nd Street Y interview, comfort movies of mine. I love the video where she's talking about, like, you know her career timeline that I think Vanity Fair or someone does? And she was like, 
because I've been able to start like this, I want everything I do to be like, I'm having fun. I want to be enjoying the environment and enjoying the work. I just want it to be all fun all the time. And I think that that is a good goal. It's not realistic for everyone, but I love, like, I think that's why her work gets to be so good and I love her so much. And yeah, I love you, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. If you're listening, I'm getting tongue-tied just saying your name. <laughs> what a name, though. Guys, and no offense to any of the people that we've given our love notes to, but my love note is the most important. My love note... Wait, I want to add one more thing for those of you who didn't know. For Veep, she won an Emmy for every season except for the last one because that is this year that Fleabag won. And that, that, that fact is who I am. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. So, my love note is for Mona Singh. I don't oh know God. if you know who are you talking who Mona about? Singh is. Mona Singh is really important to me. Oh Mona God. Singh is this woman. I'm pulling up an image. For those of you listening, <laughs> please Google her. That is Mona Singh. What? Okay, this is a bad image. Wait. Just explain to her. Why can't Google. you explain This is Mona Singh. So? Mona Singh <laughs> is an actress, dancer, model, and television presenter. She works in India, does a lot of supporting Bollywood roles, and I think she is extremely talented because she aired in my childhood favorite series called Jesse Jesse Koi Nahi, which is a remake of a... Telenova that was also no, remade Telenovela. Telenovela. <laughs> Got that. No. Yes. Jesse Jesse Koinahi was a remake of a telenovela that was also remade into Ugly Betty. Everyone <gasps> Comedy Central. Wow. That's right. Jesse yeah. and she was, what you did this ugly was the first Betty set star? I went to. This is the first set you went this to? This is the first set I ever went on because Mia. my mom my mom knew Mona Singh through work and I went on set and she carried me. I was four years old. Say mom, why what about like why do you love her? I just love her. I think she's a wonderful actress. I watched Lal Singh Chadha yesterday. Um, is she in it? Which is a remake of Forrest Gump. She plays his mother <gasps> and she is fabulous, oh, phenomenal. Mom. And my prediction is she's the next Farida Jalal. Yeah, she Whoa. She's the next Farida Jalal. Well, that's a claim she's making. That's a claim. She's everyone's nani, bro. Yeah. Wow. And Mona Singh is everyone's Masi slash mom. No, that's not true. That's, that's not true. That's... And no. She's everyone's. She's um every woman's mom. Shafali Shah is. Yeah. And you know what? Some men also. And who's everyone's in Fortran Masi? No offense, Tabu. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but also. Good for her. Who is white people's Tabu? Tony Collette. Yeah, you said this before. And I was right, no? <laughs> and can you imagine, I said this for the first time to a white person and they understood what I meant, not knowing what Tabu was. I was like, I think I've done something. Also, sorry, but Amona Singh giving birth on a table what? tennis table in Three Idiots is something that none of you will ever forget. No. So it just is. remember that and be grateful. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Last <laughs> Last week, um, or actually before the... <laughs> it's written in the words, you have to say it. Last week... No, start again. Last week, actually, the week before last, we delved into an issue that is pervasive in a majority of criticisms surrounding Mindy's work. The importance of meaningful representation and the nuances within it. 
And the reason to talk about that, as with the stuff we've discussed in the first episode about rom-coms, was because it is recursive in our study of her work and what we've established there. Principally, and what we've established... Okay, it's okay, say it again. study of her work. Her work. And what we've established there principally comes up through other themes in her work. Like today, well, not that much, but a little. That's too soft. No one's going to be able to hear that. <laughs> You want to do that thing again? Yes. Okay. And the reason to talk about that, as with the other stuff we discussed in the first episode about rom-coms, was because it was recursive in our study of her work. And what we've established there principally comes up through other themes in her work, like today. Well, not that much, but a little. Yeah. So, Mindy, I have found in, you know, my, like, non-podcast related, like, no, I'm going to start again. So, Mindy, as I've seen um, through my, like, reading articles about her, both podcast-related and unrelated, receives a lot of questions to the effect of, like, how are you so confident? Where do you get your confidence? Etika, etika, as Morgan <laughs> says. But, I mean, etc. And I think that that's a really annoying question. And um, why do you ask that? Um, I think that people ask that because many of the external markers of who she is, coupled with her environment, which is predominantly white American, um, somehow pushes buttons when she wants what's best for herself or, sorry, when she wants, okay, predominantly white American, somehow pushes buttons when she wants what's best for herself or when her characters do. One such external marker is a subject that comes up in her work, her life, in yours and in mine. And that is... Everyone's literal favorite thing to talk about. Mm. Body stuff. Okay, so excited? So are we. Let's talk about body stuff. So let's um, take it back to her book. Her first book is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me, which came out, I believe, in 2011. So pre The Mindy Project. Um, and the opening chapter, I believe, if not one of the earliest ones, is called Chubby for Life. And Parsa, why don't you tell us how it goes? I don't remember a time when I wasn't chubby. Like, being Indian, being chubby feels like it's just part of my permanent deal. I remember being in first grade, in Mrs. Gilmore's class at Fiske Elementary School, and seeing that Ashley Kemp, the most popular girl in our class, weighed only 37 pounds. We knew this because we weighed her on the industrial postal scale they kept in the teacher's supply closet. <laughs> I was so envious. I snuck into the supply closet later that same day to weigh myself. I was a whopping 68 pounds. Some of the first math I understood was that I was closer to twice Ashley's weight than to her weight. Don't be closer to twice a friend's weight than to her actual weight, I told myself. This little mantra has helped me stave off obesity for more than two decades. First of all, um, before I continue about anything, Let's just all take a moment to learn from Kian and say mantra instead of mantra, even if you're reading from the book of an American, because that's what you should do. Thank you, Kian. <laughs> I didn't realize I'd done something. You had. Wow. Anyway, um, so remember when I, in the first episode, I was like, guys, we are so alike. We have both read The Very Hungry Caterpillar. We're both Cancer Moons, etc., etc. Um, this is one of the ways in which I very much relate to Mindy, even though I came across this information much after I was like, yeah, we are similar. Um, but it happened to me in like the fifth grade. And there was this heinous truck that used to come, okay, <laughs> and like park itself in like the whatever 
of my school <laughs> and um they would make us all like go there and they would check like different like things about us and they would make us go alphabetically so i had to go before and after some like awful boys and um i had a general awareness of the fact that my weight was not the same as my classmates but i used to never weigh myself because it was never productive for me and i knew that from pre double digit age and um like they would go and they would like like put a flashlight in your hand and be like you have nips you have lice and things like that and they weighed me and i was so scared that the boy behind me saw my weight because i will say that the weight that i was aware that my classmates were were like 30 something kilos and i was that but like 50 something like the same second digit but very different first digits and um i thought i'd forgotten about that but a few years ago i was trying to lose weight in a way that was healthy kind of consciously and i was like i have a goal weight and it was this very arbitrary number and i later was like wait it's literally just the number below the number that i was in the 5th grade wait what yeah i think for like anecdotal emotional personal reasons i don't need to aspire to like redeem that narratively or anything yeah. i can just be like yeah this feels fine for now if it does you know yeah Um so I found that and I was like, "Huh, maybe that was a formative moment for me." Mm-hmm. Um anyway, so Mindy, um if that did anything for you. I don't know to eat me up. I don't know why schools used to do this. Yeah, literally. Maybe this is tangential, but in the school that I used to go to, they would weigh us all together in the 10th grade. What? Weigh us all together and then separate us in three groups. Get this, are you ready? Based on weight. Nano, car and SUV. <gasps> Wait, was that a thing that people said? Yes. And I was like people would be like, "Yo, nanos, get in that line." And there were just three people. <laughs> and it was me, this other girl, and someone else and they used to be like, "Don't play football. You'll poke the ball." Oh and my god. And they come out. And they were so mean to they used to call people SUVs. Wow. Like the teacher like a SUV side ah. Guys, something needs to change. But also, these are both schools that we did not graduate from. Yes. Thank. Yes. God. Yes. Um, and to those schools, we won't name you. You know like, who you are. Yeah, you know who you are. I don't know, man. Spend more time like figuring out how you're gonna complete the syllabus or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, there's a crack in the first episode of the series. Really, a lot of stuff in that first episode. It is a meaty, juicy episode with an. Cameo from Ed Helms, and obviously an iconic opening, whose presence alters really the entire existence of the show. Without which, the entire show would be different, in my opinion. Um, and basically, Mindy's getting ready for a blind date that her friend Gwen, played by Anna Camp, sets her up on, and um, she wears this outfit. And it's like a glittery situation, from what I remember, but I could be wrong. It was like. It was not a conventionally like sexy as we said last time or the time before boring anonymous school type outfit okay and um Danny's trying to like give her advice on what to wear and she's like yeah I'll take love advice from you um and she makes a low blow about like his wife and she's like oh wait she left you and then he's like hey you want to look better I'll give you some advice why don't you lose 15 pounds and she says do you want to get smacked and that actually comes from a real place it's an interview in 2021 on good morning america where Kaling recalled a moment when a coworker in the writers' room, I think when she was on the office, suggested that their character should advise her character to lose fifteen pounds, which was a completely unsolicited remark while they were kind of writing. And she was just twenty-five, and it hit her really hard because it was at a time in her life where 
she was like waking up in the morning and like exercising and things like that and um what she said about it in the good morning america interview was i had a reckoning where i'm like people are scrutinizing me and not only are they scrutinizing me they're verbalizing their displeasure with how i look because i don't look a certain way she continues that kind of dissonance has really affected so much of what i write about and the kinds of characters that i play almost all of these kinds of things in my work come from something really real on tv if you were really thin then you could be the lead she said otherwise you had to be like 250 pounds and you had to be the slapstick comic relief but what's crazy was left out it's just like this range of people which is a majority of american women over the age of 24 what if you're like a size 12 and you want to just live your life and look cute and date at that time when i wrote is everyone hanging out without me it was like a no man's land that has really changed i think i think that kind of speaks to the thing i said earlier about her wanting what's best for herself and other people being like wait but why do you deserve this and i think she's commented on this before where she's like nobody really deserves any of these things and i don't feel entitled to that but i don't think it's someone else's place before it is mine and i agree with that sentiment there's also a lot of side comments about her body and her weight and stuff that come up in different episodes again a lot during season 1 but also wait actually we'll let's talk about season 1 first So in season one, episode three, in the club, who says this? Ah, uh, Josh says Josh. this the first time that they yeah. meet. She gets invited to the VIP section, uh, and she's trying to figure out who. Yeah, she's trying to figure out who has invited her mm-hmm. and why she's here. And the reason she's here is Josh, and Josh, who is supposed to be her romantic interest, asks her, "I'm trying to guess your job based on your figure. Are you the mistress of a black congressman?" What an opening line! <laughs> and then, wow, Josh was. something else and he will not be getting an episode because he shouldn't that being said there's a lot to be said about Josh yeah. i just don't know that i will be saying it um Josh sucks yeah also kian you should say anything about missing Sean. also speaking of that episode this is a bit tangential again where's shona guys would you like to know Yes, I would so like to know. Actually, I've been waiting to know for four weeks. <laughs> it has not been four full weeks. It's been three full weeks. This came up in a verbal conversation a few weeks ago, and I was like, you know what? I'll save for the podcast. And then I said, my friendships are going to be ruined because every time we hang out, which is every day, if not every two days, <laughs> I ask them, I beg them to give me any information, and they said, no, we have to save it for the podcast. So it seems organic and authentic. So now I'm organically and authentically raged. Enraged. Raged. <laughs> Wait, I'm just going to double check one thing. What did well, she fa- do? What did Sona do? What did Sona do? Okay, Sona. I'm calling her that. Okay, Shona. So, <laughs> guys. <laughs> okay, what do you like to know? Yes, so the Mindy Kaling? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Mindy product was on uh, which year, guys? Which year did it start? 2008. 2008. Twelve, eleven, thirteen, twelve, guys. This literally came up. It's literally two thousand and twelve. This was very bad. I thought you guys would know the answer. Red, red, red. Um, huh? Same as red. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the Amazing Spider-Man. Oh my God, guys! What? One second. What are you? The Amazing Spider-Man, red, and. The Mindy Project starring Bill Hader as the first dramatic interest who like snubs her. What a formative year in my life! Clap. What a formative. Clap. It was also supposed to be the last year of all our lives. <laughs> I just have to say. That's so true. We were all But ready to die. This was supposed to be the last year of our lives on Glee. Sam and Brittany got married. Yes. Little did they know that that would be the year that my life began. 
I think we should clap again. Okay, so, um, okay, so, Shauna was a supporting character. She played a receptionist or, um, whatever doctors have that is slightly more elevated somehow than a receptionist, um, on The Mindy Project in 2012. However, she got to be a more leading role in another show, which actually maybe you have seen on Star Wars Premiere HD. Um, it was called The Crazy Ones, and because it was on TV, I think only I have seen it. And okay. would you like to know who else was in it? Who? So, it had one season. Okay. One second. And her co-stars were... I'm going to go in order of, like, least important to most important, okay? Hamish Linklater, who... Remember, guys, I told you about Linklater warm-up? Richard. No, not Richard. Kristen. Okay. Richard Linklater made Boyhood. Oh, yes. And the Before <laughs> trilogy, etc. Correct. Correct. Um, so, Kristen Linklater, the voice, the, the practitioner... Her son, Hamish Linklater, is in it. He's also been in other stuff. You'll know him if you see his face. Sarah Michelle Geller was in it. And <gasps> who plays her father? Robin Williams. What? what? Yeah. I and guess who else is there, baby? Shauna. The four of them work in a workplace. Josh Groban also has been there a few times for a few episodes. Thanos. No, Josh Groban. You can't keep making me talk about okay. Glee, okay? I can't. I can't <laughs> talk about Glee this much. Okay, you should know who he is. Um... Wow, it, that's Josh Brolin. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe you know who he is before. Thanos. You know who Josh, yeah, wow. Anyway, that's I where Shauna... Buffy. Yeah. Buffy's okay. Buffy's, Buffy's fine. Buffy's but guys, valid. that's where Shauna went. Whoa. Whoa. That's intense. I, I thought there was going to be some drama, but it's actually quite a wholesome reason. Yeah, I thought it was sweet. That's why yeah. I wanted to save it for later. I also, I don't know, I love being like, and then... Like, I love connecting celebrities. Yeah. You know? Anyway, um... <laughs> Where were we? Oh, yeah. And then in the fifth episode, which is called Danny Castellano is my gynecologist, where um Mindy misses so many gynecologist appointments or she reschedules him that her gynecologist retires and she's looking for um a gynecologist. The episode actually opens with her and now she's dating Josh, which is a thing that kind of just happened when she was like, oh, he's a limousine, I guess. You know, <laughs> Josh was not perfect for her. We all knew that. But um, it was an it was an important way for her to spend her time as someone who was living in New York alone when Sex in the City was on the air. Agreed? Agreed. Right? Same. Uh, basically, she wakes Josh up and she's like, oh my god, I'm wearing your shirt. I'm such a... Oh, I'm so small and awkward. So oh my god, it's like a dress on me. That movie. Friends well, M- Mindy's in that movie. She is, but she's but in this scene she's Natalie Portman in that movie. That's true. I is. guess why not? And it's um, the cover of that movie. Okay, and then um. Mm, <laughs> Your mom doesn't have a cover. Okay. She has a poster. Okay, guys. Um, and then um, Josh goes and he's like, "I'm gonna get us coffee, blow off work, we're gonna have breakfast," and he puts on a pair of jeans, not his jeans, and he's like. What happened? Why is the waist so stretched out? Why could it fit two of me? And she's like, please stop it. You're wearing my jeans. Take it off. And he's like, no, we're doing the same thing. It's cute. And she was like, no, I was being cute. That is like a lap band surgery ad. <laughs> and um, anyway, there's just like a weird, uncomfortable moment later where um, Danny's weighing Mindy and like he, he's being rude. Whatever. I don't want to talk about What's it. What's new? Yeah. And that is episode 17, which brings no joy to anyone. Agreed? No, it's a bad episode. It's it's upsetting for many reasons. Um, one of which, okay, the first of which is the opening scene 
is one where Jeremy's talking to his favorite patients who give him like a bedazzled fedora or something. <laughs> this is in the era before Jeremy got to be a character and they were just like trying stuff. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, and also before the like linked with that I guess emasculation of Jeremy so he gets this bedazzled fedora and he's like I need to tell my favorite patient that she has to lose weight and I don't want to do it Mindy you do it and she's like why do I have to do it but he's like please and she's like good argument so then she goes and she's like hi so for the health of your baby um it might be helpful for you to you know watch your weight or whatever and she's like you watch your weight you lose weight we both need to lose weight (laughs) and Mindy's like huh um and then Later, she has a surprise birthday party where she thought she was going to go on a blind date with a man who looked like Dofa Grace, but instead... She gets gifted an elliptical. Yeah. And then they're like, no more excuses. Yeah, they're like, no more excuses, Missy. And um, also like a Chris Evan body pillow, which is not a bad gift. That's a good gift. She uses it later on in the series. Yeah. (laughs) But it's it's preceded, it is preceded by the elliptical. Yeah, there's just a lot of like, cooking for one book things like that and it's very upsetting and then one of the other reasons that the episode is really upsetting for me is it humanizes Beverly and I feel like they can't just do that once every five seasons <laughs> like if they want her to be a character they can do that All and if they just... don't they can just not if you're gonna take time away from my plot to humanize Beverly <laughs> I feel like the episode should be longer or something do you know what I mean and then maybe give her talking parts so she's not miming the most intense that's Betsy <laughs> oh but you said Beverly yeah Okay, Beverly's the old hag. Yes. Okay. Out. No, Beverly, the issue with Beverly is just that whenever she says a joke, it's like, there's no way that it's come from her brain. It's like somebody <laughs> else's version. She's like a caricature. Yeah. Um, and not in a way that Kelly was. Because I do think that that's a thing. Like, she is the version of how she's being externally perceived. But I don't know. I think Beverly's like, not there. You know what I mean? She's not there at all. Yeah. Um, no hate to you, Mindy. I was just saying... Anyway, and then um, there is also, as Danny and um, Mindy get together, a lot of comments from Annette. Like, you know, whenever she pick up the phone and Mindy's giving her news, she's like, what happened? Did you break up? Did she, he dump you for a skinnier white woman? And <laughs> Mindy's like, what? And so that's um, a thing that comes up that is... Horrible. Yep. And then there's the 12th episode of season 2 titled Danny's My Personal Trainer, which I love. And shall I say why? It's because, guys, it's so genius of the year coded. Yes. (laughs) At least the part where she's like working out is. Why don't we dive in? So, in the beginning of the episode, Cliff suggests to her that they go skiing. And he mentions that there might be a hot tub situation. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh no. Yeah. I do not want to be in a swimsuit. No, no. Which I've felt before. I feel like everybody's felt before. Word. I'm trying to pioneer a movement where I get to wear a swim shirt and whale swimming tail. trunks. And if you really want, I can do a whale tail moment. Um, Kian recently saw my nipples after like seven years of knowing each other. Not seven years. Not what? Seven, <laughs> it's been seven years since she last saw my to nipples. To clarify, we are not dating. No. I am very much a sibling and had seen your nipples before. Before the seven years. But before. for the past seven years, she hadn't. And recently, I, I felt more comfortable with my nipples. Good. Anyways, she enters the office and she enters the break room mm-hmm. and there is a cake there. And Morgan says, oh my god, Dr. L just saw the coffee cake. Get out of the way. We're bowling pins in her bath. And she's like, what? I don't want coffee cake. I'm still full from that chia seed I had last <laughs> night. <laughs> Betsy was like, oh no, but I made an extra coffee cake just for you. Like you demand. 
<laughs> so Mindy naturally begins to succumb. And then she's like, guys, what am I doing? Over the holiday, I had five hams and a goose. Like I'm a wolf in a children's story. And guess what? Cliff has to see me in a bathing suit soon. Then Danny, genius Danny, hmm. decides to add, just get one with a skirt like the moms at the pool. And then... Um, slap. Yeah, slap Smack. Happens. Smack happens. Smack, I'd say. Yeah, remember, do you want to get smacked? Get smack, he did. And then... Morgan um, has to restrain her. No, that's not what that's <laughs> But he does restrain her. Okay, fine. And then um, Morgan agrees to be her personal trainer yeah. because he misunderstands that the person getting trained has to pay and not the trainer. And she's like, that's fine. And then... Um, but Morgan has to train her. And that is a flop. Shocking. Because um, she spends, if they have like an hour of workout time, she spends the first 45 minutes getting ready. And between each crunch, she has like a reason not to do it. And she's like, this is not working for me because I'm not getting the results I want. And then Mindy has an even more genius idea to ask Danny to train her. Yeah. And then he's like, no, no, no. And she's like, please, I don't want Cliff to see my naked body and decide he doesn't like me. We should clarify, one second. Mindy, over the years, has developed tactics in order to prevent her part. Because it's not like she's not... Sexually active. No. Um, and so the thing is, over the years, she's developed tactics in order to keep her partner from, like, seeing her body. So, like, she does, like, outfit maneuvers or lighting things or whatever. But she worries that in this hot tub situation, which is something she's been able to avoid for a while... Um, this naked body is going to come out. And her concern, as she tells to Danny, is I don't want him to see my naked body and decide he doesn't like me. And then Danny's like, guys don't care about this stuff as much as girls think they do. And she said, that's a bunch of crap. You all say that and then you go out and date <laughs> ass models. I am sick of being the person with the good personality. I want to be so hot that Cliff would date me even if I had a bad personality. And we can like unpack that a little bit. I think we all understand what it means. Yeah. All yeah. I would say is, Mindy... You would love I Don't Want to Be Funny Anymore by Lucy Dacus. You would love that song. That's what that song is about. Danny then takes Mindy to his old school gym, which didn't let women in until Manhattan went, quote unquote, Tina Fey crazy in 2002. <laughs> You've unquoted before you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but nice 30 Rock shout out. Shout out. I don't think it's a 30 Rock shout out as much as it is a Tina Fey shout out. Also, 30 Rock had not started yet. That's she, when she became I mean, head writer at SNL. SNL. It, was like, it was leading up. I think you're wrong. I think Tina Fey... What was Mean Girls? Like 2006. 2006. Okay, that's a while. 2002 is when she became head writer. Post 9-11 SNL was dictated by Tina Fey. Whenever Seth Meyers started. Must be 6 to 8 region. Colin Jost and Michael Che. Oh, Scarlett Johansson's husband. You're asking me like you knew any of these answers. (laughs) Anyway. Um... Danny tries to train Mindy, but it's not sticking. So then he tries Genius of the Year style. Um, if you have not seen Genius of the Year, what are you doing? That sounds like their problem. Yeah, that literally sounds like your problem. We don't have to explain it. Yeah, no, we don't. And you know what? Not that this, like, not that we're, like, advertising anything. Go at Genius of the Year and then watch this episode and tell me we're wrong. And so Mindy has finished her workout and she decides to reward herself with a steam. And she's like, mmm, going in for steam. And she goes in and, like, she takes off her towel before she goes in. And we see her back. And I don't think that that's Mindy's body. I think it's someone's body. Like, I think it's a body double. And first I was like, well, if this episode's about body stuff, among other things, and she's put someone with what I understood to be a narrow frame, 
at first I was like for like half a second I might add I was a bit skeptical and then I was like wait does she owe us her bare back like does she owe us her naked back just because she's talking about body stuff because she doesn't like she's including it in the content of her work in such a way that allows her to see her own vulnerabilities and ultimately she's an actor she can only act in her own body so the fact that unsolicited remarks such as the 15 pound thing come up like I think that's you know on some level like before I was like actively doing things like acting wise in school not school in college and before um like when I used to like be trying to go to sleep when I was in middle school or high school and I used to think about things like this I'd be like would people like if I was an actor on a show like would my jokes be about body things or like Mm -hmm. race things you know and um I think in a lot of that there is a lot of vulnerability and so she doesn't owe us her naked back and her not showing us her naked back if that's what happened like it's not a betrayal to any of the other claims she's making so sorry for having that initial thought for the one second that I had it anyways she's naked in the steam room and Danny sees and he's like why are you naked in the steam room it's co-ed <laughs> <laughs> and he gives her his towel she also like enters eyes closed and she's like hmm steam room yeah she's really happy about yeah. it yeah and he gives her his towel and she's like he throws it off of his crotch onto her and understandably she doesn't want his gentle sweat on her on no. her mouth. so she like get, like throws it down and then there's like a bit of an entanglement and the situation just lasts a little bit longer than either one of them needed to yeah. and, and she, she needed to yeah and she has to go to the hospital because she slips really badly in the steam room uh, where he says to her I wouldn't notice you in a top of speech now a bottom of the speech that's a different issue um, the context of the first part of the line, which we forgot to give, we're sorry, was <laughs> that um, she feels that he has seen too much and she's feeling very insecure about it. And he's like, no, no, I didn't even see anything. And then he says... Can I give you a piece of advice on your naked body, now that I know more? Yeah. And then Mindy's staring at her naked body in her office and she says, screw you, Danny, I look great. There's an owl in her office, which freaks her out and she begins screaming... To which Danny comes in to check and sees her naked again. Yeah. And she yells at him and asks him to leave. And as he exits, he says, now that I've seen everything, I think there's a couple of things you could work on that I'd like to point out to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she later goes into his office and he says... Hey, Mindy, I didn't recognize you with your clothes on. And then... Okay, accent. And then she said, um, oh, that's my hilarious line from Wiener Night. Get your own singer for once. And then it's like written down on a piece of paper. And she's like, did you write it down? Um, and then she says to him, you don't have to write it down. You what's wrong with my body. And just for the record, there's nothing you can tell me about this situation that I haven't already heard from every single main girl from my, for my entire life. And when she says this situation, she's referring to her body. Yeah. I know that I could lose 15 pounds. I don't have this perfect skinny hot body like all the girls that you date. I know that one of my boobs is crazily bigger than the other one. And I know that I have upper knee fat. And then Danny's like, uh, I didn't notice any of that. I get it. You're self-conscious. I understand. But you have no reason to be. He continues, all I was going to say is just don't suck your stomach in so much. It makes you look nervous. Which I liked that moment. And, and constipated. He did say constipated. Yeah. And I did not include that. And Kian, <laughs> you're a real one for adding that back in. Um, because... I think that that is good advice. I think that it, um, it allows for a perspective on how her body is being seen because her, as we know it, and the internalized male gaze stuff and also the other goals um, kind of assumes the worst, I would say, and not without fair reason, for sure. But him saying, like, it makes you look nervous 
um, kind of refers back to that idea we were talking about earlier about her unabashedly wanting what's best for herself and there's no malintention there or entitlement in literally wanting what's best for yourself instead of asking someone else if you can have it and I think that's what the sucking your stomach in is and when I watched this episode when I was younger I was like maybe I will suck in my stomach less because I used to anytime I noticed I was not sucking my stomach in I would be like <gasps> and I would suck it in um, but Mindy's skeptical to his saying this and she says and get a boob job and he's like no and then she's like and get rid of the cellulite on her legs and the list kind of goes on he's like no you don't need to do any of that stuff um, and then there is another episode with a similar title but it's not really a very similar episode it is called Danny is my nutritionist and it is season 3 episode 17 she is pregnant was my favourite baby uh, and wow but he is uh, Mindy's in her morning sickness era she's puking it's a cold open of her barfing all over New York. Uh, and Danny says, this is because you're having a gas lung, baby. At her checkup with Peter... Her gynecologist. Uh, yeah. She finds out that she technically falls into the category of a geriatric obese pregnancy, which means that she has to take extra care of her health. He then puts Danny in charge of her diet. And then Danny gives her a meal. Serves her awful food, like raw chicken breast. Not raw, cooked. (laughs) (laughs) Cooked chicken breast. Unseasoned. Unseasoned. Oh my god, throw back to Partha's life. (laughs) Partha, would you like to say one second? Allow us to deviate for just one moment and we will get you back to the episode recap. Once we had to do, well, I was not in Partha's class, so I don't know why I said we, but in a class once Partha had to give Pio feedback and this is a real thing that he commented on someone's Google Doc. Well, it was a really bad piece of narrative writing and I said... This is like an uncooked, unseasoned piece of chicken. Yeah. And that's what Danny's meal is giving, except it was cooked. Yeah. (laughs) Like a sliver of unseasoned chicken um, and I think spinach. And maybe there was brown rice, but maybe I imagine (laughs) that. Um, And she says, why is the steak white? What is with this green crud? Where's my dessert? And he hands her a printout of Yogi Bear (laughs) quotes and he's like... Just eat the food, and then if you're distracted, here's a list of Yogi Bear quotes. It'll um, definitely distract you. And he says, here's to a lifetime of healthy eating. And she's like, a lifetime? lifetime? Which stressed me out, too, as a viewer and as a person. Because I was like, why do you want her to change who she is? Which becomes a theme in their relationship, actually, a little bit. Um, But that's for another time. Then it is Tamara's birthday. Happy birthday, babes. And that is this huge pink white snazzy looking cake <laughs> and Mindy wants to eat it as do we but she can't eat it because she's promised Danny that she's gonna eat healthy and then they're like hey there's a cake here why aren't you gonna eat it yeah is this a prank is this a prank <laughs> and they and then she succumbs yeah. to her desires and she eats the massive piece of cake before the cake is cut she eats it with her bare hands it's all over her face Danny comes back with half a banana from his gym bag and he's like I left you alone for two seconds he screams you have no willpower um and that's really rude and he was being really mean but later on table stone and she catches Danny chain smoking in the office's courtyard then Mindy confronts him and she's like how could you do this and you're such a hypocrite or hypocrite I've actually never done it I mean, I've actually never heard it aloud. I've only done it. Um, and then we swiftly move into a montage backed by Britney Spears' work bleep uh, in a montage. Why even mention this detail? Because it's so good. But if you're going to say work bleep. But it's like a montage of Danny basically quitting his Nick addiction. So then he's like showing her that he's kicked his addiction and that she should be able to do better too. And she's like, 
again kind of deferring and she's like i don't know maybe it's because in this country we celebrate the extremely overweight and the terrifyingly slim maybe i should just let myself go completely in a more vulnerable moment mindy admits that she can't fix herself in the way that danny can and her pregnancy has become too difficult to bear as an OBGYN, she shouldn't be as unhealthy as she is, but her stress is causing her to overeat. Yeah, and also it brings up um, her, I guess, emotional relationship to eating. And um, I think that within the realm of body stuff, food stuff, emotional stuff, the way we are perceived, the way we want to be perceived, and by whom, all kind of come up in different ways because they are very much interlinked. And the cause effect of each thing or how one sort of like domino hits the other um changes from person to person and why and their life experiences and it also comes up in later parts of mindy's work such as in never have i ever season two mm-hmm. uh the character of anisa been introduced and devi who was the only indian girl in her class is insecure and also anisa is going for devi's ex who she still has feelings for she is at a 24 hour relay and these two white girls approach her Devi. Devi. Because they believe her to be Anisa, who is really good at track. And Devi gets upset and she said, you racist. I'm not Anisa. I'm not perfect. I don't eat only one crumb of a cookie a day like an anorexic. And then two other girls standing at the back are like, did you say Anisa's Anno? And Devi's like, yeah, probably. I haven't seen her eat a morsel of food. And then she just leaves. And that results in the whole school thinking that Anisa has an eating disorder. Which is harmful in many ways. But it's worse because Anisa actually does have an eating disorder. And that's why she shifted in the middle of the term from to her previous school. school. Yeah. And she confides that in Devi not knowing that this rumor has actually started because of her. And um, I think that that's interesting and noteworthy. Kian, would you like to start by saying why you think so? I think so because I think it follows the trend of how people talk flippantly about weight-related things Mm -hmm. and they don't realize... Or, like, there's no clear indicators of what somebody's going through with their body. And speaking so flippantly might be harmful. And then I was just thinking about how flippantly Mindy sometimes will talk about weight-related stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it because it actually that's interesting because when I watched the episode for the first time, I heard like the anorexic thing, and I was like, like I felt like it fit. It didn't yeah, feel like exactly. It felt like problematic, and like if in a real life, like if a friend of mine were to say that, I'd be like, yo, what? Yeah. But in the show, it felt like things could go on. You know what I mean? Exactly. So the fact that it was interrupted, I was like, oh, okay, and um, that has to do with like we said last time, um. Mindy's ability to like show change over time I think mm-hmm. um, and I don't think that she held any of those values in the first few seasons I just think that they meant different things and the characters within those pieces she knew all the information about them and what the thing that's interesting about that is that in real life you don't always and so when that translates to your humor and your comedy and like the way that it looks and sounds um, it's not necessarily great in the real world because people don't owe you that information about themselves either but that doesn't mean you don't have to be sensitive to it Correct. I think it's also interesting because it comes up in the context of these two Indian girls who are being pit against each other. Um, yes, but the people around them through their synonymization, but also like the circumstances, you know, surrounding their love lives and the way that Devi is. Speaking of stuff like that, if we 
Yes. There was also a comment that Anisa made that I thought was super relevant. Mm-hmm. That in this school, she felt like she fit in more and she was just more comfortable in general because people would commend her and congratulate her on accolades or academic achievements. Whereas in her previous school, the only thing people really complimented her on was how skinny she is, mm-hmm. which was a coping mechanism that was being reinforced through the compliments. Exactly. I think um, without getting into too much detail, I have to, in the past, struggle with my relationship to my body as it pertains to food and um, people's positive comments about it really do do a lot to reinforce that like um, like there's a very like I don't know the the repetition of the phrase like whatever you're doing it's working yeah the whatever you're doing doesn't need to be so broad and okay you know it's like like it's looking good on you or whatever but like the whatever you're doing like I don't know different things work for different people different people are different places with this but in my view whenever if it's like punitive maybe it's not like whatever you're doing maybe you shouldn't keep doing it sometimes yeah yeah probably yeah that's true but i can't speak for everyone i'm just saying from my own lived experience yeah um as a person not a podcaster i don't know (laughs) um also speaking of how you know like uh change shows over time and her body of work if we take it back to is everyone hanging out without me which is Roughly 10 years before Never Have I Ever Happened, I guess, which is both, like, a long time ago, but also not at all, considering how much ground Mindy has covered in the time in between, right? Yeah. There is, a, in the um, Chubby for Life chapter, I believe, a listicle, where it's, like, basically different words that mean fat, or, like, different names you can call, like, a fat person, and she explains how they are all different from each other, like, she defines them all. We're gonna read some of them out to you now. The first one is Chubby who is a regular sized person who can lose a few, for whom you feel affection. Then there's Chubster, an overweight, adorable child, that kid from two and a half men for the first couple of years. Then there's Fatso, which is an antiquated term really, and in the 1970s, mean sorority girls would call a pledge this, probably most often used on people who aren't even really fat, but who fear being fat. Nuance. (laughs) Then there's Overweight, which is more technical, when someone is roughly 30 pounds too heavy for his or her frame, then there's obese, a serious non-pejorative way to describe someone who is unhealthily overweight. <laughs> Obesitron? Wow. Obesitron, a nickname you give to someone you adore who has just stepped on your foot accidentally and it hurts. Alternatively, a fat robot. <laughs> <laughs> then there's pudgy, which is the same as chubby. Then there's pajo, which see chubs store. Yeah. This, this list goes on, but we don't have to. Um, I think going back to what we said earlier about relationships between body food health and the male gaze intersecting one thing was interesting which was when we were doing the second episode which if you recall which you should was male gaze and male dominated spaces we kept confusing it for body stuff when we were talking about it like when we were texting about it i would keep like we i would be like which episodes are we covering whatever and like i'd be like well for body stuff i guess we're doing like danny's my personality and then you'd be like yeah and then halfway through the conversation one of us would realize and be like wait well not that's not what this episode is about (laughs) and then i'd be like wait that's true so I think the conflation of those two things is interesting. I think that my view of my body towards the end of high school started to become oriented to, like, I don't know, like, a successful version of my body, which I think the parameters that determined it were not specific males as much as the domineering male gaze. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think that it does anymore. Now I kind of dress in a way where I'm like, I want women to think that I'm cool, that I have read books, and that yeah. I have thoughts in my own brain. Um, well, women and non-binary people and, like, 
I don't know other people, so I guess. <laughs> but you know what I mean, you know? Yeah. Um, and as for my relationship to my body, I think that it was definitely related to food in the past and to the male gaze, but it wasn't related to health, like, at all. Like, I never concerned myself with health. I didn't prioritize it. It's like, you know, that like there's a Venn diagram with, like, four circles, and it's like personal life or like gold I don't know but the point is I feel like when you're talking about your body you only you don't get to prioritize all of the things and for a lot of people health comes not a lot of people for some people health comes after these other um, markers and I think that when I got like vaccinated for the COVID virus no shit this is the second time you're bringing this up on the podcast yeah sorry for talking about it again but when I got vaccinated for um the, what is it when I got the yeah when I got the COVID vaccine um when like I said it was a weird time for me because of the export ban whatever I also I got Pfizer which at the time was being told to have like pretty bad side effects or whatever because it's supposed to give you a dose of how your body would experience COVID if you actually had it and I was pretty fine like I had a heavy arm and I had a bit of a headache and I had like a well in already what was like an emotional weekend for me I was like wow I really don't do that much to take care of my body and it has taken care of me maybe I should do better by it and I don't mean to be like be like me I'm just sharing an experience hmm much to think about what? <laughs> what why did you say it like that she stopped recording no I didn't no oh. hmm yeah much to think about <laughs> Hello, welcome to the game section of our episode, often referred to as the C word. Although not today, right guys? Not today. No. Today we're just playing Never Have I Ever. No, we can't tell them what we're playing. (laughs) The thing is, guys, because this episode is about body stuff, I was very stressed out trying to think of a game. And so our game is not going to be related to body stuff because that is scary. Yes? Very. So instead we're going to play a game of Never Have I Ever because... In the real world, where we're recording this, it is Friday, August 12th, which means the third season of Never Have I Ever has just dropped. It has. And we watched the first episode. Yeah. We have watched the first episode. Any thoughts? I enjoy it. Um, where's the brown guy? I want to be Ariel, come now. He'll come. Okay, spoilers. Um, I thought Davy was looking damn good. Yeah, Davy was looking good. I thought Baxon was looking damn good. That lesbian breakup, spoiler alert, that lesbian breakup. It didn't need to happen. It also, it didn't need to be because she was moving to Korea. Korea, That felt... Seoul is in Korea. Thank you so much, Parthiv. Anyway, so we're going to play Never Have I Ever. Parthiv, would you like to begin? Okay. Never Have I Ever done a BuzzFeed quiz to find out what my body type or face shape is. I have. I have. I must have. I feel like face chip for sure. For sure. Which BuzzFeed was such an awful way to do yeah, that. Yeah, but does anyone want to label themselves right now? As a face shape, I think I'm a oval. I don't know, I probably have like a round face, right? No, like diamond. Diamond? Yeah, I see diamonds. Yeah. Really? Yeah. The way That's so interesting because, guys, you know what this illuminates? That what? I have genuinely no idea how I look. <laughs> um, although earlier today, Parsi said something that he intended as an insult, but ended up being <laughs> the biggest compliment because he didn't know who my love note was to today. I asked him if I looked something, and then he said, No, you look like Julia Dewey Dreyfus on a bad day. And then I went over to him and he thought I was gonna hit him. <laughs> Little did he know I was going to kiss the top of his head. And she did. 
Um, so Bresh didn't get hair in her mouth because I just got a haircut. Yeah, thank God <laughs> I didn't get hair in my mouth. In that spirit, I'm going to ask a question. Have you guys ever taken a quiz in your youth? That was That's like... not, you just thought I'd never have ever. Oh, sorry. Incredible. <laughs> 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 okay, I'll try again. Never have I ever taken the Am I Gay quiz? I have. I have. Am I gay as in like, the artist? Am I gay? Am I gay? I thought Am I gay. Yeah. Yeah. But not on BuzzFeed. I didn't say anything about BuzzFeed. It was BuzzFeed. like, um, Sparkle or something like that. Sparkle? Ooh, that's not what it's called, but good job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's your turn. Never have I ever projectile vomited in a public place. I so have, and I'm, yeah. I'd be happy to tell you about it. Kian, have you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Say, say yours. I mean, I have many times, but like, I'm, I have a favorite. Mine was in a car while going to watch Ik Mehu Aur Ik Tu. Parts of family had already reached Piriya Juhu, and I was stuck in traffic. And I barfed on the road. Is it a movie just called Ik Mehu Aur Ik Tu? Yeah. Is that what you said? She said Ik Mehu Aur Okay, doesn't matter because <laughs> I did watch the movie in the theater because I had to be rushed to the emergency room because I vomited eight times in 40 minutes. Oh God. So on I, the street while I the called, car was still moving. I called my Marcy and I was like, where are you guys? And she's like, yeah, I just vomited everywhere. So I had to watch Eat My Two with my parents and there's Loki a sex scene in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Parthiv? I would like to talk about a time where I witnessed Kian projectile vomiting. No, that's not the question. No, it's, it's more just like... Okay, fine. It was, um... Can it be not in public? Because it's really funny. It's fine. Okay. So it's in the middle of the night, okay? I go up to my parents. I'm 19. I'm 18 in this night. I'm not 19 yet. I'm 18 right now. I'm the, I'm, yeah. Is this from this summer? Yes, from this summer. <laughs> I know this. I'm 18. I go up to my parents' room. They're sleeping. Okay, I'm like, Mom, I'm feeling really ill. I think I'm going to throw up. Can you please watch me throw up? And she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, fine, I guess I'm just going to go throw up. Just say up. you were drunk. Tell them you were I was drunk. not drunk. I go back to my bathroom and I'm like, it's not going to happen. Then I sit, okay? And I'm like, nothing is coming out. I put fingers and nothing comes out. There's a spoon by my bedside. I'm like... No. Yeah, I put a spoon inside my throat. No. And all came This out. is disgusting. Maybe mom, we should not keep this in. And then my mom walked in and she was like, what's going on? And I was like, I told you to come. And you did. <laughs> oh my God, wait. Was this when your stomach was bad? Yeah. Because my throwing up literally happened the next week. Yeah. And Kian was with me. We went to And I was like, this salad tastes like a strawberry milkshake. But it was not the salad. It was the save the date for my vomit that would happen many times later that night but that's not my story without going into as much detail as you have so generously um i'm just gonna say that we were in goa for a trip my mom came home early because my masi had just had her baby and we were coming home the next day and i woke up and i was like something is very wrong and i tried to keep it together as much as i could i thought it was like a lower part like lower half of my body exit situation but then we went to goa airport which soon became my stomping ground. I threw up all over the escalator. <laughs> yeah, you and all the way to the bathroom, women were running away from me in the bathroom. And I was like, I hope you're all, like, I hope all of you are infertile. I hope none of you have the ability to have a child with the way that you have treated me, a 12-year-old who was looking kind of 10-ish at the time, throwing up everywhere. I would be like, hey, are you okay? I don't think I'd say, hey, would you be I would not okay? run like that. I'd run. I'd run. Okay, well, I'm better than you guys, I guess. <laughs> If I'm vomiting, it's not because I was like, this is what I want to do with my airport activity. Like, I'm uncomfortable right now. We're back now. 
For the conclusion section of this episode, which is not a thing I should have said, because um, the conclusion, yeah, we should, the conclusion should just be like incidental, and it's like the way we're talking about it. It's just like, oh my god, I guess it's naturally yeah. wrapped itself up. Um, however, I made a point of pointing out that this is a section because Parthiv is no longer with us. Parthiv has left the he's house. Very he's very much with us. Yeah, but um, he has left for a dentist appointment. Did Sweet. did his mom go with him? We don't think so. Actually, we think she might have. Who Although knows? on the phone to her, he said, "You know nothing about dentistry. Don't come." Um, have you ever seen a retainer in your life? Have you ever seen a retainer in your life? That's true. He did say that. Good game. Let's talk about everyone's favorite thing again, just for a little bit, and then we will dismiss class. To kind of wrap up what we've been talking about, um, this is a quote from Mindy Kaling when she was on Jimmy Kimmel, and she says, "I'm the recipient of a lot of backhanded compliments." She continues, "They'll say it's so nice that Mindy Kaling doesn't feel she needs to subscribe to the ideals of beauty," and she said. I'm like I do subscribe, and they're like it's so refreshing that Mindy feels comfortable to let herself go and become a fat sea monster. After her interview in Vogue, in which she said, "I never need to be skinny. I don't want to be skinny. I'm constantly in a state of self improvement, but I don't need to beat myself up over it." Kaling is frustrated that she gives off the illusion of being a couch potato. And I think that that's really interesting. Now we're speaking more about Mindy Kaling, um, rather than. Like I mean, Mindy Kaling and the attitudes towards her and body stuff, and then how they consequently, obviously, uh, manifest in her work. Like we said earlier, I think it's interesting because I have found in my life that very much of the time I've always been in the pursuit of losing weight. Uh, depending, I mean, it has varied like how actively or how healthily, how much of a priority it was. But it was always something that I. felt like bad about and wanted to be different and recently i found myself very frustrated over and i was like i cannot live my life in the pursuit of losing weight it does not do anything for me um there are a lot of genetic predispositions i have my bones just weigh a certain amount or have a certain density and um also it's like not some awful thing i've done to not be skinny and um i think when i was going through um what's it called i think when i was going through her first book is everyone hanging out without me she mentions in a throwaway list at the end of a chapter um that like she's fine with her body and she has other priorities and i think that that's more accurate to the place i am in right now i have other priorities chief among which is literally having mindy kaling reach out to me <sighs> so on that note actually kian did you have anything more to say about this i did not okay so on that note if you hated this episode guess what my friend The world is your oyster. You can share this podcast with as many people as possible, so that it might reach one of the people who knows Mindy Kaling, who feels compelled maybe to send it to her, tweet her, um, tag her in our posts and things like that, and do what you can to get this podcast to her. And if you really want it badly enough, I will stop the podcast on the condition that she does reach out to me. Um, and if you liked this episode, first of all, thank you. Thank you. Second of all, um, you can do a similar set of things. I would say. Yeah, support yeah. us. Yeah, support us if you want to support us. Next week, we will be talking about. Actually, maybe it won't be us who is talking. That's so, true. So, um, cherish the sweet sound of my Kian's voice because you might not be hearing it again next week. But you also might. But you also might not. Who knows? Who knows? Only time will tell. You know you love me. XOXO <laughs> gossip, gossip girl. girl. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.